What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. We are in the heart of Arlington County. Of course, that is Clarendon. Back again for episode 154. Well, we've got two-thirds of our crew here today. Williamy Dox is out of town, but Joanna Yerusso joins me. Joanna, what's up? It's actually spring outside. It is. Spring has sprung. Are you excited? I hate that phrase. <laughs> You're not excited about the phrase, but you excited about spring. Yeah, I really like this weather. I wish the entire summer would be like this. Yeah, what what temperature are we sit? Here we are. We are um, now, you know, I just mentioned Docs is not here. Um, he's out of town. It's, uh, what, the 9th of May. So it's about 70-ish degrees. So this is okay for you. And low humidity. And low humidity, yeah, which is the key thing is low humidity. Uh, so I think the rest of the weeks look similar similar to this. So you got to be happy about that. I am. Yeah, yeah that's it's good. Be a good week. Yeah, good. Well, good. Well, uh, we always got to get the weather out of the way. Uh, the pollen has been pretty bad. So hopefully uh, for me, I mean, it's been the worst I've dealt with uh, any sort of pollen or allergies. I, I've never even had allergies, but um hopefully we've seen like I, I don't know whether the pollen goes down uh, as the summer happen or you know happen i don't know i, I mean, don't know either i don't have allergies so I don't yeah know. I, I, i've never either but uh, i know a lot of listeners struggle with that and i for whatever reason i felt like i've had some issues this year but um hopefully the pollen count um gets lower uh, as as the uh, spring and summer months uh, approach us here uh, th- these are all questions I should have asked our uh, running weatherman, Alex. Mm. Yeah. They would have been good questions yeah, for the I expert, yeah. yeah. Anyways, well, we, we do have a big show to get to, even though uh, Docs is not here today in studio. Uh, we are excited, and I'm going to just jump, jump into this right off the bat here, to be joined by what I have said is the best story in running. I've been saying it for weeks and months. Jamie Watts just completed... The New Jersey Marathon. She's our friend who has cerebral palsy. She finished the New Jersey Marathon uh, a couple weeks ago, and she's going to join us in studio. Also with her will be one of her crew, uh, Pat. Uh, Pat is. Uh, I asked Kathy what uh, Pat's official title is, um, and for Jamie's purposes, her title was uh, crew and helping her through the marathon. And Pat did the marathon with her. But uh, Pat is Kathy's mom, and uh, I asked Kathy what her official title was, and she said it was Chief Financial Mom. So uh, Mm. she does the books for uh, Pacers, uh, the event side of Pacers running. Affectionately known as Panta. Panta, right. But Chief Financial Mom, I guess, is her official title. So we'll have both Jamie Watts, the the marathoner, uh, and Pat Dalby, who's also a marathoner. Uh, They'll be in studio joining us today on Pace the Nation. So excited to talk to her about uh, the New Jersey Marathon, uh, which I've been claiming for weeks now is just the best story running, and it, it truly is, and she'll share why that is the case. Uh, also in today's program, I'm going to go back and talk about the Boston Marathon one more time. This is it, one more time. I mean, it was just a historic event, um, a lot of that crazy things. That we'll be talking things. about for the entire year. <laughs> right, so yeah, I probably am not truthful in saying that uh, it's just one more time, but... I wanted to talk about some of the runners who started in the main start mm-hmm. uh, and how 
they were affected with prize money. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting and a good thing that the Boston Marathon did. Also on today's program, we have a former guest who helped a famous person finish a marathon this past weekend. Hmm. Uh, so that was a really cool story. We'll share that with you. And then finally, um, kind of in running news, uh, a professional marathoner, American marathoner, had a pretty good race this past weekend, and Joanna's going to tell us all about that. But before we get to Jamie, yeah, Joanna, we don't do uh, tweets episodes as frequently anymore. Oh, right. I totally forgot I about know. that. I know. And those, that, those are kind of your thing. Uh but sure. I did. I did want to acknowledge some of the the tweeters uh, or the Twitter followers who tweeted in uh, over the past couple of weeks. I think you know they at least deserve some acknowledgement because I do enjoy the banter back and forth and they're commenting on the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I read them, so I just want people to know that that we do read them, we do appreciate them, and you. I mean, that was your segment. You must still read them, right? I don't have Twitter on my phone. Anymore. Oh, jeez, why? <laughs> we got to get Twitter on your phone. But you know, just the regular comments that come in that we appreciate that, that are show themed. We do appreciate, like Mark Naylor's Ducktales comment. Mm. He, you know, he sees a Ducktales uh, character at the uh, baseball game in St. Louis. You know, he. What uh, was the Ducktales character doing there? I, I don't know. It was some Ducktales dance. I don't. I don't know. You got to okay. get Twitter on your phone to to figure that out. Um, we also recently got um, a Edison bulb sighting from. Not your dad, although I know your dad loves to put those out there. Uh, from uh, Jason, he saw some Edison bulbs, and mm-hmm. he was on Edison Bulb Patrol and uh, Pete's Pete's in Silver Spring. So I thought that was cool. Uh, Caitlin Kay, she's going to do her own social media school. So she wanted me <laughs> to let she wanted everybody to know that uh, she will be filling in for me because I am, you know, the. Well, I'm main also, professor of the social media well, school. Well, but I'm curious. So, so she's a professor at your school or she's a rival school? Like, is this... <laughs> she's a rival school, yeah. So this is like UVA, Virginia Tech. Yes, exactly. So she's the Virginia Tech uh, social media school. Uh, I claim UVA. She can't have that. Um, also, uh, Shane Greer tweeted in um, when we had 666 followers. Um, he said it was the mark of the beast. So, um, you know, I thought that was... Um, either notable or I'm not sure what to think about that, but thank you, Shane. (laughs) Uh, Maggie B tweeted in and said uh, that she just wished that Docs and I would just start holding hands already as we did our awkward date show when you were out of town. We were sitting on the same side the entire... (laughs) uh, um, So uh, that... uh, And then uh, we we had a lot of feedback on Sarah Sellers uh, uh, cutting the tangent or lack of cutting the tangent. Mm -hmm. Uh, We tweeted out that video last week. And it was it was pretty funny to see her go completely about, you know, about 10 yards uh, out of the way and then actually turn right uh, to make the turn uh, down to the final stretch of the Boston Marathon. So a lot of good Twitter action. Um, I, I'm not sure why we're not doing tweets anymore. What is it? Because nobody's baking for us. Uh, maybe that's what it is. I only do tweets episodes if I'm getting fed. Yeah. So... You know, if if you want the tweets back, um, you know, up your baking game, bring bring something in. Or pizza. I like pizza. Pizza's good. Pizza's good, too. But I just wanted to acknowledge a few of the tweeters. And, you know, I, I don't want to leave out uh, Michael P. Miller. He does a great job tweeting Satya. They do. I mean, we've got some great tweeters out there. You know, I, I do lists and Docs hates lists. But thank you for all your tweets. They are being read. 
Uh, I will install Twitter on Joanna's phone today to make sure that she sees them too and can appreciate them as much as I do. All right, I wanted to get that out of the way. But now, excited uh, to be joined by one of the best stories in running this year. I've said it, and I've said it again, and I will say it uh, till the end of this year or longer. Jamie Watts is our friend who has cerebral palsy. We had her on the program a few episodes back, and she talked about her quest for 34 races by the time she was 34. Well, she's really upped her ante. Uh, She did a half marathon. She did a 10-miler again, and I think PR'd pretty big in that 10-miler. And she completed a full marathon in New Jersey. She and her crewing partner, Pat Dalby, are going to join us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Joanna, we are excited to be joined by what I've called the best story in running. And I just keep saying it over and over again. The participants of the New Jersey Marathon were there to witness the best story in running. And it was Jamie Watts, our friend who has cerebral palsy. She finished the marathon in 14 hours and 33 minutes and 7 seconds. And she joins us. Jamie, how are you? I am fantastic, Chris. How are you today? I am doing great. We also have Pat Dalby here, uh, who... I told you this before she came on. I asked uh, Kathy what uh, her title, what her official title was. And uh, Pat, your your daughter said that your title is Chief Financial Mom. That's so, correct. So, all right. So, Chief, so we, she will, I, and for these purposes, though, she was part of your crew, right, Jamie? Absolutely. Pat yeah. is a critical part of our team. Uh, awesome. Well, we'll get into all that. Uh, Jamie is all over social media. It's jamierunstheworld.com. Jamie runs the world on Instagram, and I think it's Jamie uh, runs world on Twitter. Is that right? Yes, so yes. You, we couldn't get the exact Jamie runs the world on Twitter. Uh, so, so whoever's got yeah. Jamie runs the world on Twitter, can you give that up, please? <laughs> like, what's going on? How how does this person uh, squat on your your handle? I don't know, but we're all over, and so please check us out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jamie runs the world. Uh, you've got a riveting recap of the race that uh, brought me to tears. I want to talk to you about that uh, later on as, as well. But let's start with where it all started. Like, how does this idea come to you? I mean, you've been, we had you back when, when you were running 34 races, uh, you know, when to, before your 34th birthday. But what makes you want to decide to try a marathon? Sure, sure. So um, I had the opportunity to nominate a friend of mine, Lisa Reeves, who's the race director for Pacers Running, for an award from the City of Alexandria Chamber of Commerce and the City of Alexandria Commission on Persons with Disabilities. So um, the award was given to businesses that make their events or their stores more accessible to people with disabilities. So we nominated her for that award, Kathy and myself, and uh, we were very fortunate that she won that award. So uh, we went to the awards ceremony and afterwards we celebrated over dinner and apparently drinks because (laughs) um, somewhere in there I agreed to uh, run a marathon. Um, The question came up, casual question, um, you know, Jamie, would you ever run run a marathon? And my response is what it always has been is like, yes, but I think it's a logistics problem. It's a sleeping problem. It's an eating problem. It's a hours on your feet, time on your feet problem. So, um, but the short answer is yes. And so they looked at me and said, 
but if we could make that happen, if we could work out those logistics, would you want to run a marathon? And I said, absolutely. And, you know, I kind of left the restaurant, got in the car, and I said, what just happened? I think I agreed to run a marathon. <laughs> um, but it all kind of stemmed from that and, um, and just grew from there. And we spent the first month after that trying to get the logistics organized, and then we started the training on August 1st. Yeah, and I got to give you credit. I mean, you put yourself out there because this there was no guarantee that you were going to finish this thing. I mean, there's probably no guarantee until you cross the line that you were going to finish this thing. So you're saying it started in August of 17. Uh, I saw a piece on you on Channel 9 in October uh, of, of last year where, you know, you're putting yourself out there and you're saying, I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to do it. Was that difficult? Do you, were, were you, did you feel like maybe I shouldn't be putting this undue pressure on myself? Honestly, at the beginning, I felt like it was a huge risk. You know, I started blogging about my experiences, but we didn't we didn't put the blog out right away because I, I just kind of felt in the beginning, I, I'm not sure I'm ready to talk about this yet. Um, but then Lisa said something really powerful to me. She said, Jamie, we're not really going to know for sure until like March. And, uh, you know, that was a point to me well taken. You know, and and so I just thought about it. Regardless of the outcome, I was willing to put in the work. And, you know, pretty soon into it, about three months into it, I really started to gain the confidence just because I started working with my trainer. I started doing the nutrition plan. I started doing the long runs. So I just gained confidence over time. So it, did, it became less of an attempt, which is what we were originally communicating. <laughs> we're going to attempt the marathon into we're going to run the marathon so just as you're going through the training i think any runner as you get closer and closer to race day becomes more confident that they're going to accomplish the goal so you used a, a number of pacers running races as, as training runs for you. you've done a number of training runs uh you went up to new jersey to do a training run what was that like i did it was great i think that was critically important um we ran i think we did I want to say eight miles. And this was like February or something like Um, that? Beginning of March. Very beginning of March. And I think it was great because you just got a lay of the land. um, And we figured out that we needed to change our strategy a little bit from uh, being on the sidewalk to actually being on the street with a pace car. I think that was critically important. Mm. It it just helped us to um, keep our pace a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So all those things were critically important to figuring out prior to race day i wouldn't want to figure that out on the weekend of so so, uh pat you uh do a number of races with jamie right so what's your role in a regular pacers race when you're crewing for jamie well i will say that the only race i've done with jamie is our parkway race the 10 mile yep and you've done Um, that two years now right no i think this was our fourth this is your fourth. fourth wow. Fourth year. Wow. 15, 16, 17. Wow. 18. I was shortchanging. I was saying that she's done two parkway. Wow. <laughs> she has um, run 40 miles. To be <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, um, well, I'm uh, one of the, the, you know, Pacers tries to make sure that our runners have a great experience, but mm-hmm. they also want to make sure that they're safe. And, um, and we feel like, you know, Jamie, Jamie needs somebody to be with her when, when she walks, especially when we start at 4 in the morning. Right. You need to have a buddy, and I'm her buddy, um, and she's my buddy. Right. <laughs> and we buddy through the night together. Um, we start when it's dark. I think the big thing for me has been kind of a learning process is that 
the first year was we just didn't know what we were doing. We started out at six and we were on this on the path uh, this for the, the park the, right? Mount, the Mount Vernon yep. Trail and then we got into the road for a little bit but then they pushed us back onto the sidewalks when we got near Alexandria and I I finished that race thinking never again are we going to do it yeah. this way we're going to start early enough so we can be in the street when we get to Alexandria right and uh, because those sidewalks in Alexandria are are very treacherous so typically you'll start a race let's say that the the parkway race starts at 8 a.m what time are you starting parkway now you did it started at four four okay Mm -hmm. so you did it six so you moved Mm -hmm. it to four yeah so that's great that you learned those type of things before attempting a marathon and i will say you know to pacers credit we none of us knew what the best practices were when we started I didn't know. Lisa didn't know. Mm-hmm. Kathy didn't right. know. Sure. We, we figured that out together as a team, what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they made me a really active part of that process. And I'm really grateful for that. So it, everything we learned, we learned on the fly. Well, we'll get to the race. I mean, yeah, it was kind of a, a, uncharted territory. You didn't, I mean, I, I don't know anybody else who's doing this. So uh, we'll get to the race, but I do want to talk about a key training run that you had uh, before the race. I believe it was an indoor track and you did 20 miles and you're out there all day. Tell me a little bit more about that. So I actually did two okay. 20 mile before uh, the marathon. The first one went okay. Um, the, it, it went actually pretty well. I was, I was pretty happy with the fact that um, I was able to finish that. But the second one, um, because I had some family commitments, I had to go out of town on the weekend. I had to do it on short rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did it on four days rest, 20 miles um, indoor with a friend of mine that was on my team for race day. And I was exhausted. So four days rest, tell me, what does that mean? Four days, you so, hadn't, you so, hadn't, so you only gave yourself a run and then you only rested for four days? And like then, I ran 20 and then I... And you then did I, 20 again four days later? Yeah. Wow. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's what I did. Well, if it was five or six or seven yeah. or ten, I mean, yeah. wow, that's a lot. So so we we ended, and I was a little bit concerned about my level of exhaustion, and people kept saying, well, Jamie, you did it on such short rest. Sure. You know, and so we kept saying that over and over. But I am so thankful that that's the way that it worked out because I had to learn what it is to keep going <laughs> when you're completely exhausted because the last six miles, that's what it felt like. So I think that's a critical part of your training is to learn how to power through when you're completely exhausted and you still have a lot to go. No doubt. So that run uh, takes you, I mean, I saw you tweeting about it again. It's Jamie runs the world. Um, tweeting about it. It was, you know, from you're there from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. or something like that. Oh, yes. On one of the runs, I don't know if it was one of the 20 miles or like 17, because a lot of them we did on an indoor track. I had to get off the treadmill, but uh, we had some weather. So I actually have a friend who um, I'm very fortunate. I have a friend who works at the Pentagon. So we went to the Pentagon Athletic Center and uh, we were on the indoor track and I I had been there all day. literally from like i don't know eight or nine to six when they close and so my friend went to talk to the guard and he said 
she told him she needs about 20 minutes. We'll be done in about 20 minutes over time that you close. And he said to her, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, so that's they great. were there when I got there and there when I left. <laughs> that's great. Wow. I mean, it took so many people who were so supportive along the way. And we'll talk about those people as well. But let's get to the race. Um, you were scheduled to start at 10 p.m. The rest of the runners started at 7.30. Did you start at 10? We actually started a little bit before 10. And I'm <laughs> Were you just getting antsy? Like I'm that? thankful. I mean, because when you show up at that time of night, you just want to get going. Right. Um, so we started at 9.43. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone was there. The mayor came out, which was excellent. I thank him for so much for his support. And um, uh, We had Mayor Adam Schneider on the program a few weeks back. He is great. Yep. Yeah. And so he came out. A lot of... Uh, supporters came out. My best friend from high school flew in from Wisconsin. Surprised you? Or? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And um, I I also have a friend who, unbeknownst to me, and I need to give her a shout out on this program, Jennifer Costa, mm-hmm. is one of the first people I ever met in running. And she not only showed up at the start line, I didn't know she was there. She filmed all through the night in stealth mode <laughs> at, at various points along the race. So... Wow, that's that's awesome. And it did take a crew of people. Pat was there. Who who else was in your crew? Oh, gosh. So um, I had this girl, uh, Kimmy Donahue, uh, who's, one again, one of the first people I ever met running. Uh, I only met her because she was supposed to take my one picture from my one 5K that I was ever supposed to <laughs> that's run. That's right. And when I called her, she was my first call after we decided to run the race. And she told me, well, I've been waiting about two years for this phone call. I don't know what took you so long to get to the point that you were going to run a marathon. We all knew you were going to. Um, you're sort of the last one to the party on this <laughs> message. Um, so she was there. Um, my friend Katie Comer, uh, one of my best friends, first friends in D.C., she helps me with all this stuff. So she was there. Um, my friend Carmen Cooper was there. Uh had a lot of folks I, i'm so, and i'm go ahead please go ahead yes. uh, no, i no i was putting you on i'm saying i'm putting you on the spot and i i didn't want to i don't want you to leave people no, out I'm but, sure. there was a yeah. ton of people we yeah. had uh i had a neighbor so um the one who's taking me to the pack all the weekends yeah. she's been great because she took me on a lot of uh the longer training runs as my escort as did most of these other people um so that's what's been great is not only did they show up on race day a lot of these people that were involved were involved because they were uh participating in all the training runs so they knew what it was like to run with me when i'm tired i'm 13 miles into right. a 15 mile run so pat so. Did, did each you guys in the crew have a particular role or were you just there to help we just sort of moved around um i think Joan, Joni and uh, Kim were mostly walking with with Jamie. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a while, we had um, we had a backup. We had the the car with the two trainers. Right, because it's dark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was essential to have that right. car. Yeah. It would not have been safe wow. without it. Right. Um, so we just sort of moved around. Okay. In, and you had somebody on social media, though, for sure. Okay, so that, <laughs> that is Katie. Okay, she, does she did a great job. She does an awesome job at that. And um, so so she was on, you know, at the fir- first part of the race, I think, you know, she and Carmen were primarily, you know, the ones sort of spot checking. Right, me, right, right. right. Um, but then when Joni showed up to cover for her, um, 
then Katie kind of fell back and did the social media more because she knew that I was in, in good hands. Right. But, um, you know, we had like Steve Toronto, who's with the Arlington County sure. Police Department. He was doing navigation up front because you need people up front telling you, mm -hmm. okay, we're getting ready to turn. We're going to, you know, take a left or a right or, you know, this is a little uneven sure. here. So, right. so all those people had a critical role. And my trainers were in the car all night. <laughs> um, those poor guys at like at mile like 20, they were like you know, we have to go get gas. And I said to them, that's probably the first time you ever ran out of gas driving like five miles <laughs> an was, hour all night. And um, this was my, Michael and... Uh, Michael, Michael and Kabar Harris. Kabar yeah. were both there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so that, that um, you, you know, you got best laid plans. Everything is, is sounds great. You got all the support. Uh, but what you couldn't account for was the fact that it started to rain. rain. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, you're you're already. I mean, for, you've described this in the past on our show. I mean, it, you're you're dealing with st stability issues as it is. You know, you're walking with a or running with a cane, and um, you know, like you said, you're wa watching for uneven road, potholes, stuff like that. But the rain must have made it just all that much worse. So I will I will say a few things about that. Um, you know, we had a couple training runs that were in the weather, and one that comes to mind is love the runner with. <laughs> so we, we did love the runner with. I come out. I'm very fortunate that it concludes right across from my house. So um, I crossed the finish line, and Lisa said, this is good because you might have to face the elements. <laughs> Never did I know that she would be more correct. <laughs> um, I, I think the thing about the rain was that it didn't just rain it like kept coming right so oh my it would, gosh it would rain and it would stop and just as you got dry which is psychologically empowering to right. become dry um you get wet again mm -hmm. and again and it just kept getting pushed back mm -hmm. okay jamie it's gonna rain but it's gonna stop by three or five or eight <laughs> or eleven mm -hmm. um so so in certain ways i feel like um my race was different than everyone else's right because when everyone else came out on race day it was sunny i know it was beautiful dry. i ran yeah. it I it ran was it fantastic was like, you ran right by me <laughs> I, I saw you I know. so um but it was cl clear and dry when i was running yeah so and, and it's it's mentally challenging because I, I remember one time in particular um i i run about a 30 minute mile and steve said to me something about like i think we were like at mile three or so and he said jamie you ran that in 25 minutes you gotta slow down right like and and so i was like okay um but then the next mile because it was it rained so hard that was 39 minutes so to go from like 25 minutes to 39 minutes mm. in the span of one mile early in the race that's like just something to deal with mentally and it is totally a mental yeah, and you are just so mentally strong and so positive. But I'm wondering from the crew's perspective, is there ever a point where you're thinking when the rain is just pouring buckets, this is not a good idea? Well, I knew she wasn't going to quit. Right. <laughs> and, and I thought, you know, we're not made of sugar. We're right. not going to melt. You know, we'll just keep going. But, I, but the pavement being so slippery, yeah. that was a definite concern, you know. And we would walk ahead and we'd say, there's a puddle there. Or there's, you know, we would try to, to spot for her and, you know, keep her in yeah. safe, a, you know, 
route as she as possible. could, but it was difficult. Yeah, no doubt. And it, it points difficult. it points you, you you did fall down at one point or, oh, or a couple, yeah. a couple times. I mean, Sorry, so describe all, that. Yeah, first of all, that just comes with the turf, and it always surprises me that people think that that's shocking. Like, oh, you fell. Well, yeah, I'm going for you know ten hours, fourteen hours. Right. I'm gonna fall. So so people that have raced with me before. You know, the joke is you make us feel terrible because strangers think we're awful because <laughs> we just keep going because you're not bleeding, you know. Um, so I, I did fall a couple times. But to be honest, we had practiced that in training. Wow. I, ha- I worked with three different trainers at Fitness Together. I have to give them a lot of credit, too. They, they put in a lot of time and effort with me. And um, one of the trainers specifically worked with me on how to fall safely. Wow. Um, because nothing's going to end your marathon faster than a broken wrist. That's that's what he told me. So um, we practiced that. So I anticipated that. Well, yeah, I got to give big props to Michael, mm-hmm. uh, Kabar, and Jim, who were your fitness together uh, trainers. Right. They did an awesome job. Um, so logistically, your race was different than everybody's. Like uh, you said, you started at 943. The roads weren't closed yet. Um so you're walking on sidewalks, or are you yeah. mostly on the road? We, on the road, we wow. had to make we had to make a decision early on that the sidewalks weren't going to allow us to keep an effective pace. Wow! So so that's where we worked with the city, and again, I have to give a lot of credit to the different police departments. On there's the, like seven different jurisdictions yeah, there. There's yep. so many jurisdictions, and mm-hmm. and I didn't even know we were going to have as many police escorts as we did, but. But we absolutely did. We felt completely safe. I think at one point, even, you know, as the race was opening up, we kind of said to them, like, you know, you, you thank you so much, but you might need to get off the course because other people are going to be starting and we, you know, we don't want to create a problem. And they said, we have to stay with you. Our boss said we have to stay wow, with you. That's so, awesome. So, um, I that's mean, awesome. we got it worked out, but, but props to them, yeah. you know, for, for keeping us. Well, that's huge that you're on, on the road and there's probably not much traffic on the, a rainy there, there was Saturday not. night at that point. I mean, anyway. there really was not. Yeah. We were very lucky. Um, but they did, I mean, you could see them, they weren't behind us the whole way or anything, but you would see them kind of circling around to make sure we were still right. approximately where we should be right. at the times we should be. Yeah. So, so uh, again, another logistical question. I mean, you got to be stopped. So 14 hours, you got to, you're out there for such a long time. You have to have some sort of substance, like some sort of s- substantial meal, right? So are you stopping or are you taking a rest? Are you eating food? Like what, how does that work? So resting is the enemy. Stopping is the enemy. Okay. I mean, certain things you have to i mean at certain points you have to go to the bathroom sure. at certain points you you have to eat for me like yes i practice with all kinds of different nutritionals and so i was using like a lot of goo and things like that but what we found out works for me is that i had been doing the um the mini meals mm-hmm. and so what we were eating what i found was effective on training run was just to eat like the steak <laughs> and so I, I know that sounds so weird but Love it's it. so true so so my friend actually made me bags of steak oh to eat at the different and she the first time we stopped she pulled out this baggie and and i said oh is this for the whole thing do i have to like ration this out right and she said no this is just for this stop <laughs> so, so she had individually bagged for each stop the steak portions of steak mm-hmm. wow that you had liked and have trained with right you, you don't have to eat it every mile yeah. i would say like every 
you know, eight miles or so. Sure. I had to eat like more than just a nutritional packet. Right. And and you said it's 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 you don't want to stop just because it's hard to get the momentum going. Like what? I mean, so for me, at the end of a race, if I've, I mean, if I've, if it's a five k, I'm fine. Right. But if it's like a ten mile or a half or a marathon, if I sit down and I, I mentally know that I'm totally done with the race, I'll get stiff. It's hard to like yep. mm-hmm. get going. It's hard to get your kind of rhythm back. Sure. So just you know, like I probably could have changed my socks, but I was too scared of that. You know, it's, right? It's just things you don't do and you suffer through. You know, right. right. <laughs> Well, yeah, that is the marathon for sure. Yeah. Um, so what point did you start seeing other runners? Eventually the sun comes out, the rain stops. Uh, when do you see other runners? What mile mark are we talking about? Uh, I want to say like 17, 18. Did we see any? Maybe, maybe 19? 19. 19. 19 was the turnaround. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think yep. that's when. Yeah. When you started seeing other. And how did that energy feel? Was that great to see other people out it there It was finally? great. It was great because I knew that, you know, at some point we're we're getting toward the finish and and so so just when you know the race is starting and just the pure fact of knowing it's morning Mm -hmm. um but you know you're so focused and normally i I use that as a benchmark like yes other runners are out (laughs) do you know what i mean um but because i was away from home and because i had to be so focused on left right left right um i was so zoned in that that i i, I kind of blanked that out honestly uh-huh. one of the first runners i remember was you yeah coming by because you <laughs> pumped your fist and i was like wait a minute that's a person i know <laughs> and, and that makes a lot of difference seeing yeah. somebody you know well it made a huge difference for me i can't thank you enough i mean i think that was mile 22 for me and you uh, yelled something to me and it just spurred me on to because you know it, 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 for every marathoner you know how, however long you've done them or how many you've done there always is a wall and I'm sure for me it was about there so you were very helpful in my wall but I'm sure there was a wall for you so oh, tell us about that yes so there's the wall everybody <laughs> goes through it and, and even though people that run marathons tell you there's a wall and you're gonna hit it mm-hmm. um I, I thought I had prepared for that. Sure. And so for me, it came at 18, Oof. which which I was panicking a little bit because for you me, that's eight miles. too early. Yeah. Like everyone says it's 20, it's 20. And so my immediate thought is, why am I panicking at 18? I'm panicking too early. Um, and so I'm going to tell this story because it's a great story. And, and it, yeah. at 18, you have four hours left. Like, that, so your wall that comes is correct. and then you got four hours left. Yes, wow. Yes. So... Honestly, I hope this isn't overshare, but I think no, it's really important. Um, we were at a bathroom stop, mm-hmm. and we were in in the porta potty, which I'm not a huge fan of, but you know <laughs> it's a necessary evil sure. when you're doing marathon. And because my clothes were so wet, I had to have a close friend go in and help me oh my adjust, right? Sure. And so, and so it was just us in there. I think we were in a, actually an accessible porta potty, which. Kudos to you yeah. for having accessible porta potty. Well, yeah, big props marathon. to Hillary and Kathy and team. Yeah. For, yeah. So we're in the porta potty together. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just remember looking at her and saying, I'm so tired. And she she took her my face in her hands and she said, Excuse me. She said, You're gonna do it, but you have to believe it. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm. And nobody else knew that. 
um, yeah, so, and thank God for her because mm-hmm. we trained all those hours together. Mm-hmm. And what's her name? Her name is Joni Thomas. Oh, Joni. That is awesome. Yeah. So um, she swears to me there's like another breakdown like that. But I I, I, I think I blocked it out. Like I I totally blocked it out. But yeah. So she just said to me, you're going to do it, but you have to believe it. Yeah. And, And I sort of got myself organized. You know, you have to like get yourself mentally organized. Like, okay. Now I can go out. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because um, you have to be together. When, I, I could not lose it on the course. I had to stay together, you know, on the course. Just keep moving. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it is such a, a physically challenging event, but maybe even more than that, a mentally challenging event. And, I mean, you're experiencing it then, and you, your, your mind just isn't right at that moment That's correct. so yes. i mean it's just so huge that you had her there yeah i mean she was amazing she had practiced with me over and over so she knew what it was like and when i was totally spent um but i, I had come too far to give up and and just to know that like everybody hits that wall you know i kept saying these things to people after we were done like oh this happened or that happened and it's probably because i have cerebral palsy and they were like no no <laughs> you know, <laughs> it happens to everybody it's just normal adjusted for scale you know mm-hmm. so um i was very fortunate that i had a lot of really great people helping me and uh you know that's that's what gets you through it that is yep that's a huge moment um yeah. So uh, you get through that tough part at mile 18, and at some point you got to think, wow, I can actually do this. Uh, when did that come for you? Mile 25. Mile 25. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, you know, because like sort of my mantra in racing um, has always been no matter the length of the race, no matter how tired you are or anything, you can always do one more mile. Yeah. So, so when I um, – Got to mile 25, I said, okay, no matter what, I can, this is one mile. This is like a fun run at this point. <laughs> and, and honestly, it's the most fun I had all day was yeah. getting that one mile done. And <laughs> I happened to have the uh, friend of mine, uh, Jennifer Costa, her husband was there. And I saw him right at the mile 25 marker. And so I'm like, okay, people I know, and I've run this part of the course before, like we were on the boardwalk that was in the training run. So I've done this before. Um, I have one more mile in half an hour, I can sit down. (laughs) And so, um, you know, and you just keep going. Um, And when we could see the finish, that was... That, that was, was awesome. Wasn't so, it? so, 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 Pat, you, I mean, oh. emotions are high at this point, and you're getting towards the finish. And, and, and for our listeners, this is Pat's first marathon, too. And you were up all night. You completed the whole marathon. I mean, this is incredibly difficult through the rain, all that stuff. Uh, for anybody who did this, not for just Jamie, like, what are your emotions at this point? Well, at mile, when I could see, you know, in the distance, I saw mile 25, and I thought, it just was like, <laughs> Oh, wow, we are almost there. Wow. But I, I do have to say something really yeah. meaningful yeah. happened at mile 25. When we, were, when we were on mile 19, we encountered a woman. And this is one thing. All the team, what we were told at the meeting, you know, that we needed to protect you from all these well-wishers because people sure. want to talk to you and they want to, you know, they're so... They're so 
in awe of what you're doing and giving and yes. just want to be a part of and, it yeah and, but yet you have no energy to to spend on them at that moment you need to be totally focused so it was like we we create this little cocoon around you while we <laughs> you know and we keep you in this center and we kind of keep everybody at at arm's distance so that you can just stay focused and get to the end well we encountered a woman at mile 19 she had come out to cheer the runners on and she saw you and she said i have a disabled son who's a um, veteran of uh, afghanistan she said i i just can't believe she's doing this you know she was just she wanted to come up and talk to you and we said we gave her your little pink card and <laughs> said you know we can't really and she, she totally understood she totally understood but at mile and so we went on our way and i didn't think too much more about her at mile 25 just as we kind of came into the distance of mile 25 i saw this young man sitting over at the bystanders uh, on the, at the edge of the of the group and he was in a wheelchair and we started walking i mean we started moving toward him and I kind of saw him out of the corner of my eye. I didn't think much of it. I was looking around for, you know, cracks in the sidewalk and, I mean, right. in the, you know, to keep you. In the road. And, uh, and I heard this woman say, doesn't this deserve a stand up? And I looked and I saw this young man. I don't know if you saw him or not, but he, he struggled. You know, he just put his arms on, the, on, the, on his chair. He just pushed himself to a standing position. Wow. And he gave you a standing Ovation. Ovation as you walked by. And wow. I just thought, wow. <laughs> and, and that, to me, was, it, uh, was the, probably the most meaningful encounter we, I that's had a, that's on a, the race. That's amazing. Uh, there's so many great stories uh, about the, uh, like that out there. Yeah. Um, and you continue, Jane. Yeah, we, yeah. Saw, we saw a couple of individuals with disabilities along the yeah. route. And um, so, so I saw both of them. Um, another thing that was powerful to me is that we got to, it was about the time that I ran into you, maybe 23 or so, mm -hmm. um, there was a, a gentleman who, I, I don't know if he'd like run out of gas or what, but he was laying on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. Like he had taken himself out of the race, he's laying on the sidewalk. He wrote into my website and said that um, my team stopped to make sure that he was okay. Wow. And then he was able to keep going because they stopped and helped. So that, to me, speaks to the caliber of those individuals. Mm. That They weren't the, just there to help me. They were there to make sure that everybody had a safe time. Well, you got to the finish line. It's an amazing video. We will tweet that out, <laughs> at Pace the Nation. It's on. Jamie runs the world. Uh, you get to the finish line, and... Um, you, you put your arms up and you almost fall there. So describe that moment. So let's, let's talk about that. So, yeah. so I just don't want any confusion there because like I would do that if it was a 5k. Sure. Only because those things for me, the, the rumble strips are death traps right. because like for you, it's one stride across for right. me. It's like up, over and down right and those so, are the those are the timing mats yeah, that, that so Chris puts out there. Very yep. important that I go over them. Um, but yeah, so so we got that, and and somebody actually asked me like, "Do you want me to edit that out? Like, does that concern you?" And I was like, "You know, life is life." Yeah. Yep. So that's how we finish, and um, I would 
I'm not a person that gets overly proud of my running accomplishments because I, I don't have the energy to like uh, get excited every time I run. Right, sure. Um, because I run so many. But right. this one I was extremely proud of. Um, as much for the actual act of doing it as the people I surrounded myself with while I was doing it and, and just the experience of going through it with all those folks. Um, I, I say this a lot, that surround yourself with people that can see what you can do before you can because there were people involved in this process who could see me finishing and never doubted it for one second before we ever did one day's worth of training. Uh, that's a, it's, it's an amazing statement. It, it, you, you made that similar statement on jamierunstheworld.com, and I want to I want to kind of hammer home that point because I agree with you. And I'm going to read your your quote from uh, which is similar to what you just said. It's so important to surround yourself with people who can see your full potential even before you can. I've always been confident in, in not all but several areas of life. Those where I lack confidence are still work in progress, despite confidence in most things a marathon was not something i thought was possible but you surrounded yourself with these people and you made it possible i mean are you an inspiration how do you feel now like after it's completed like you're an inspiration to many do you see yourself as an inspiration like how does it you know how can you describe it you know so first of all i'm a marathoner which i never (laughs) thought i could say that that's exciting yeah um you know here's the thing um everybody's disability experience is unique. So no matter what disability you live with in life, the, the objective is living your life, right? And so, so that's what I'm doing. I'm living my life to the best that I can. And if that inspires somebody to go out and try something or go after some type of a objective that they want, then that's great and I would support them in doing that I would support them in trying you know whatever they put their mind to whether it's running or anything else um, but you know so so I embrace that um, but everybody should live their own disability experience the, the most authentic way that they can in 143307 I mean that is that that means more than just what that was for you. I mean, that this is a a lifetime of of work, really. It's not just that fourteen hours. Like, what is what does fourteen thirty three oh seven mean to you now? <laughs> you know, so we were we were getting ready to leave, and I had never thought about it in this context. But but Steve said to me, he said, Jamie, what you're asking of your body is more than just the marathon. You're asking like the equivalent of an ultra or you know something of that nature so so that's always going to be you know it won't be 1433 it'll be 1433 in seven seconds like it's it's just one of those things you always remember and and uh some of the details right are are jumbled because you're you're mentally foggy but you did it and you remember like the parts that were great the parts that were agonizing and and people are like how was it you know people keep asking me how how was the marathon and it's it's so hard to explain <laughs> if you weren't there right because right. there's so many ups and downs and emotions and tears sure. and um but you know, doubts doubts yeah horrible yeah yeah so um you know but uh, I'm just so thankful for the entire experience in its entirety, the good, the bad, the ugly, the amazing. Um, and I would say like amazing, like quantifies it. I know that's an overused term, but, but um, just the experience as a whole has been 
totally life-changing. I told someone at work, if you want to change your life, run a marathon. Um, because it, it changed everything about my life and, and what was important and who was important in it. So I'm very thankful. Well, read her recap on Jamie Runs the World. I'm going to leave. I'm going to, I'm going to finish with this statement. I want you to comment on it. Uh, this just gave me chills and, and emotions when I read it last night. Um, you said, I have no idea what comes next because I never planned any of this. I was only supposed to run one 5k. I am excited for the next step and finding out where this road leads. Nothing is impossible. What is that? What does that mean when you wrote? What when uh, you wrote that statement? What no does that mean? No pressure, right? <laughs> um, I really don't know. I, I honestly, for the first time, I I don't know what what comes next. Um, but I do know it's made me a more open person. So you know, if people present a challenge to me, I don't necessarily. Um, I used to kind of say no until I had something figured out or a plan of attack. I had, I had no idea what the plan of attack was on this marathon. So so whatever challenge comes next, I'm ready for it. And and what I figured out is nothing scares me anymore. Yeah. I, I had to face down every devil to get this done. And so I have no fear in what comes next. A lot to be, can be learned from that amazing, amazing stuff. Again, Joanne, I said it's the best story <laughs> in running this year, and I'm going to stick to it. Uh, Jamie, amazing. Thank you for recounting that. What an amazing story. Thank you. Thank you. All right. There she goes. That's Jamie Watts. And we had Pat Dalby. They're both marathoners. They finished the New Jersey Marathon. Uh, You can read her. You can read her recap uh, that you wrote May 3rd. It's jamierunstheworld.com. I'm telling you, if you can read it without tearing up, you're uh, stronger emotionally than me because I, I just could not do it. It's awesome stuff. You can follow her, Jamie Runs the World, on all social media. So do that right now as well. Jamie, Pat, thank you guys. Thank you. All right, there they go. That's Jamie Watts, Pat Dalby. They join us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Jamie Watts and Pat Dalby for joining us here on Pace the Nation. Uh, just an incredible story, Joanna. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I uh, had a hard time keeping it together. Uh, a couple points there. I think everybody in the room I know. did. Yeah. So the thing is, is that I I wasn't there for her finish, mm-hmm, but you, <laughs> you, you were there. So you tell me, like... How was it being there? I mean, because you were like right behind where she finished in the timing truck, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I've recounted before, I mean, it just to see like everybody, it wasn't just Pacers people mm-hmm. that were excited to see Jamie finish, um, but just for like the Pacers community, I mean, this was something that kept, like we were all in different places doing different things. And this was like the moment everybody was waiting for was right. Jamie getting to the finish line. Mm, yeah. Well, there, I'm sure there wasn't a dry eye there when uh, when she finished. Uh, amazing. 14 hours, 33 minutes, and 7 seconds. Uh, I didn't even ask him about, like, sleep deprivation. Um, I, I, can you – you, you probably can't stay up all night. You go to bed super early usually. Like, staying up all night's not a thing for you. I know it's not a thing for me. Um, I would actually – so I've done a lot of those relays, you okay. know, the 200-mile yeah. relays. And the very first one that I did was Hood to Coast, which was awesome. Right. But it was staying up all night. And I would say the being awake more than the running is what 
totally destroyed me. Got it. So definitely for Jamie, I mean, I think that the, like the rest is a huge part of it. Yeah. Well, it is. Um, awesome. Well, uh, just great to have them on uh, the show. So hope everybody enjoyed that. I really enjoyed talking. I wish to them. that everybody could like be in a room with Jamie. I because, know. Because like her, like her whole energy is just like. It's incredible. Yeah. Yep. Unbelievable. Yep. So that was Jamie Watts. Again, jamierunstheworld.com, a great re- recap of, of her marathon that happened in New Jersey at the end of April. Um, all right. So I mentioned that we we're going to do one more story in the Boston Marathon, and you kind of called me on it, called my bluff. This is probably the last time, not the last time we're going to talk about the Boston Marathon, but we'll see. Uh, we will talk about it here one more time. I thought it was something they did was, was really cool. Boston Athletic Association will award an extra $21,700 in prize money to five women whose net finish times placed among the top 15. So we had Sarah Sellers. I'm really sorry you missed that show. Where were you before that show, by the way? Total uh, side note, but I, was in I think New you were in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. I was in New Jersey right. already. Yeah, you were, you were working already. Uh, anyways, but we talked about uh, how Sarah, if she had not been the, in the elite start, she would not have qualified for the $75,000 prize money or mm-hmm. been second place. Well, it turns out that the Boston Marathon did, in fact, give uh, some of those runners who ran in the main start, uh, and there was uh, five of them, who finished in the top 15, including uh, the fifth overall finisher, Jessica Chichester, who was the fifth fastest time of the day in 2.45. But, you know, she started 30 minutes behind the, the other women, so she finishes, you know, in 2.45, um, and, and the elite women had already finished. And and I guess for our listeners, a little behind the scenes in races. Yeah. So when it comes to the prize money or purse money, it's, it's done by the gun time, not mm-hmm, by exactly. net time. So typically you have to be in that elite start or right on the line because they're going to award the prize money to the first one, two, three people who cross the line or one through nine, whatever the prize purse is for that race. So this was unique in that some people who did start in a different wave, their net times would have qualified them. So Boston uh, awarded prize money, which is very cool. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's a good, good description uh, because it's not totally clear because there's very few races who have these uh elite women start starts mm-hmm. uh cherry blossom is is one of them here locally uh but the boston marathon has done that for years so they did the right thing there awarding that twenty one thousand dollars in uh prize money well we'll stay on elite running uh real quick and and talk about um you know we're not all about the elites and the fastest runners but we do like to bring up notable stories so Olympian, well-known uh, marathoner, 10K runner, Galen Rupp was in the news this past week. He won the Prague Marathon in 206, which was the third fastest American time all time. And uh, I teased before uh, we had Jamie on that you were going to give us uh, some more details on that. So uh, you're up, Joanna. Well, you've already... Well, I already, <laughs> I've already stole your thunder? Oh, okay. Uh, well, like... Well, like Jamie finished in 1433.07. Yes. He finished in 206.07. Okay. Um, yeah, so Galen Rupp was at Boston. It was a big discussion right. in the media if he was going to be the first male winner since Meb, um, which wasn't really that long ago. Sure. Um, but he ended up dropping out of the Boston Marathon because of conditions. And then um, 
decided to run Prague instead. Uh, conditions at Prague were perfect. It was like a little cooler at the start, 60 degrees, sunny. Um, there, there were also pacers in Prague, so mm-hmm. there were um, rabbits who were who were setting the pace for for a faster race. Um, I'm sure that Boston uh, was not ideal for Galen Rupp because he did want to run a fast race and it just wasn't going to happen. It wasn't not that day. Right. Yeah. So, um, he broke the race at like 24, I'd say, uh, which is really when it was, it became Galen's race to lose. Um, and I, I, he really, he was rumored to want to run under 205. He ran 206, 07. So I'm sure there are faster marathons in his future. This is only like what his third, fourth marathon. Yeah. I mean, he's run the Olympic marathon. He um, ran the trials, the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Chicago. Yeah. So it's probably, yeah, the, the fourth. He didn't finish Boston, maybe the fifth. But um, the thing about Galen Rupp is you read stories about this is kind of track nerdy, but there, there's two camps on Rupp. There's people who love him and, you know, know that he's the next greatest American distance runner. And then there's a lot of people who are not fans. I heard somebody say once that if you don't have enemies, then you don't matter. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, I definitely think there there are, uh, on the Let's Run message boards, of course, there are sure. people who are all for Galen Rupp being the next American hero and then some people on the total oh, yeah. opposite side of it. So I think that's also why his performances get a lot of attention because there are people on both sides who are either rooting for him or, or rooting against him. Who are your enemies? My enemies? Yeah. Uh, I have a couple of okay. nemesis. So you matter. Okay, yeah. good. All right, there you go. Uh, this podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, we've got uh, a number of good races to sign up. I know. The way that you said that makes it seems like Pacers Running is my nemesis. <laughs> no, 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 I'm sorry. I was just going into plug mode. No, no. I hope and not. Of course. And of course. <laughs> and of course. This podcast is sponsored by her nemesis. No, uh, I'm just saying that Pacers Running has a number of good races, including Wayfarers uh, is a half marathon in Annapolis coming June 3rd. So you still got plenty of time to train, sign up for that. Uh, that's going to be a very cool race in Annapolis. Also, the Crystal City Twilighter is coming. I believe that one's July 17th, somewhere yes. around that time. Yep. So uh, make sure you get uh, on runpacers.com and sign up for those races today. Um, can I also talk a little bit more about elite running? Sure. Just a quick second. So uh, last weekend, I went some to a, to a restaurant for brunch and I was sitting at the bar and they had two TVs on with sports on. And I'm not kidding you. I didn't even ask for this. One of the TVs had a, a replay of the Doha Diamond League meet. Wow. Yeah. So the Diamond League is a professional racing circuit. Uh, there are a couple of meets that happen in the United States, but they're primarily um, across the pond in, in mm-hmm. Europe. And um, Doha was the kickoff to the Diamond League season. And um, it was crazy that it was on TV in this crowded bar. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out who had at because somebody had to somebody had to have had. Yeah them change the channel to uh, right yeah. and i should have gone around and like pulled everyone because i was like i have to know the running nerd who asked for this yeah because you guys on. would be fast friends whoever it was but you never asked i never asked uh, anybody okay. yeah and i really actually want to see the recap of the women's 3k because jenny simpson was in it mm-hmm. jenny simpson just set the american record in the two, two mile. mile yeah yep. but um, i couldn't make my friends wait that long well jimmy jenny simpson of course is a former uh guest on the program um well, friend of the pod. Yeah, fr- friend of the podcast. I mean, well, she did a promotion for her. her. She wasn't, we, we didn't have a time to, to sit down and have a full interview with her. I'm sure we'll do that in the future. Uh, but uh, speaking of an, another person who has been on the podcast, who is also an elite runner, Gabe Grunwald was in the news uh, this past week. 
she helped train a famous person to finish a marathon. Do you know who that famous person is? Yes, Chip Gaines. Chip Gaines, yes. Chip Gaines, who has has become like more famous than the president. Um <laughs> Well, I should probably use something less politically uh, charged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he's become more famous than uh, let me use a sports person than Bryce Harper, uh, Chip Gaines, because of what's his show? Is it Flip or Flop? Is it uh, no? It Fixer Upper. Fixer Upper, of course. Fixer Upper. He and his wife um, Joanna Gaines. Joanna Gaines, who's pregnant with their fifth kid, um, but uh, they, they uh, have a show that it's you know there's dynamic person and i have to say i'm not a big tv guy but when i watch it i i keep it on do you watch the show at all i have seen i haven't seen every episode but i've definitely seen uh, a lot of the episodes yeah so do you want to hear one of chip's jokes that he told on yeah please okay okay so if you're russian when you go into the bathroom and Mm -hmm. finish when you come out of the bathroom (laughs) what are you when you're in the bathroom american i don't know european (laughs) It's awful. It's pretty good. I, I, I actually. I can't claim that. Good. We should tell that it's to Kara, but that's a Chip Gaines a joke. One. Did you also see that he ran the marathon in pants and a yes. tool belt? Yes, tool belt and pants. Uh, so I, I was going to mention that. So obviously Gabe Grumwell trained him for the race that he ran in like, I don't know, work pants, tool mm-hmm. belt. Looked like he had some tools swinging off his belt. Uh, I, I think that was kind of a last minute decision on his part. I don't think Gabe gave him that sort of advice. Uh, but Gabe ran into Chip in Central Park randomly. She was there with her husband and runs into him randomly in Central Park. They meet. They exchange just some you know random greeting. Mm-hmm. And that's how they got to know each other. And then she, all of a sudden she becomes his coach and she coaches him through this marathon, um, which is just it's crazy that they just had this random encounter. Um, and then he finished the, the inaugural solo district uh marathon uh which was in waco texas uh this past week so props to him in a tool belt and work pants <laughs> 521 54 pretty, wow. pretty pretty impressive um docs you know i know you love the chewbacca suit thing but hey uh, work pants and uh a tool belt with some tools swinging off it is pretty impressive I think Chip could pretty easily be talked into wearing a Wookiee costume. <laughs> Gabe, if you're listening to the show, get on it. All right, great show, Joanna. Docs, we missed you. Where is he? Mexico or something? Who knows? I don't know. He doesn't like to tell where he is anyway. I think he's got his other job thing going on. This other job killing us. His side hustle. <laughs> exactly. Well, we missed you, Docs. Hopefully you're back for next week. Uh, awesome show today. I uh, really appreciate Pat Dalby and the star of the show, Jamie Watts, for joining us. Of course, you can find her, jamierunstheworld.com. Jamie Runs the World on all other social media platforms. Awesome to have her talk about her New Jersey Marathon. Incredible performance. Joanna, great show. For Wayme Docs, I'm Chris Farley. This is Space Nation. We will see you next week.
Docs, hopefully you're editing this. If not, it might get out Wednesday. I like that you said not only did she complete a marathon, she did New Jersey. Like, it's harder to do a marathon in New Jersey. 